When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, this is Anne-Marie Cross and I'm the host of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Today's a really special show because I've got a lady by the name of Laurie D. Rosenberg. Now she specialises in work with solicitors and professionals, but even if you're not a solicitor or, or a professional, then this show is still for you because she's going to be talking about a number of different business elements, key business elements, which anyone in business, if you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you need to be listening to this as well. Now, let me introduce our very special guest. Laurie Rosenberg is the founder and CEO of Ideas Consultation and Coaching LLC. Now, she consults and works with immigration lawyers and professionals so they can achieve winning results for their clients by brilliantly analyzing, strategizing and persuasively briefing and resolving complex legal issues and client cases. Laurie coaches dedicated lawyers, leaders and entrepreneurs to breakthrough performance, productivity and prosperity barriers. She helps them adopt a winning mindset, unleash their unique potential and confidently leverage their expertise so they can create phenomenal prosperity and fulfillment. Now, Laurie has a very impressive background. Let me share this with you. She's an accomplished attorney, an author, a trainer, a former appeals judge, and Laurie provides insightful mentoring and coaching programs that allow her clients to quickly transform the stress, overwhelm, and limiting beliefs, which I'm sure we all can resonate with, that often keep high-achieving women and men from fully realizing their individual brilliance and potential. So welcome to the show, Laurie. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm so glad to be here with you. What an impressive background. I'd love to just invite you just to step up to the mic and just explain your background and how you got into this business. Okay. Well, I have been a lawyer now for somewhat over 30 years, and I've been an immigration lawyer and a judge, as you mentioned, and I have worked with so many different lawyers and clients, all of whom really were looking for a high standard of excellence. And that's something that I really, really relate to and resonate with. 
I wanted to help people in my lawyering work reach the highest levels of practice so that they could best represent their clients and also satisfy their own standards and their own goals and their own aspirations. So, you know, I've always been a mentor at heart and somewhat of a teacher. And I began working with lawyers and mentoring some years ago. I never had defined myself as a coach until recently when I realized, in fact, that much as I had denied it for a good part of my career, in fact, I was an entrepreneur, and so were many of my fellow legal practitioners, and yet we really didn't know a whole lot about entrepreneurship, about marketing, about niche building, about visibility, and building our community. And that's so important for any profession, but especially for lawyers, because we work with people who are facing very, very critical and serious life changes. Mm. And, you know, in business, and I know this from feedback that I've got from many of our listeners, it can be very difficult and not even realizing some of the important business foundations that we need to have in place to ensure that we can build a successful business. And in this case, of course, a successful uh, practice, lawyering practice. What are some of the common things that you see lawyer practices and so forth continuing to struggle with because they don't realize they need to have some of these important business foundations in place. And of course, in a moment, we'll talk a little bit more about each of those. Okay. Well, what I've seen is, first of all, you know, we're a bit like ostriches with heads in the sand. There's kind of a fear of, oh my gosh, do we really have to venture into this unknown territory of, quote, business, when in fact, everything we do in projecting our image, in informing people about the services we provide, in delivering those services, each one of those steps that we go through on a day-to-day basis really is a part of running a business and building a business. And what most lawyers lack are the awareness of that, the self-awareness, but also systems to really put those things into place in a way that serves them. So I see people constantly running into problems with their team, having problems perhaps with boundaries with their clients, not being quite sure how they can be in control of where their next clients are coming from. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know, it's really our creation. And so it's something that we should be, you know, responsible for creating and accountable to our business for creating. Yeah. You know, I heard you speaking there. I was reminded of something that I read and I can't remember who it was that said this, but they said, look, you think by creating and starting your own business that you are in the business of, and you can fill in what whatever you want there. And in this case, it is, of course, lawyering and and serving your clients in the best possible way through your expertise. The writer went on to say, but in actual fact, as a business owner, you also, if not more importantly, need to be in the business of marketing yourself. Because Laurie, I'm sure you'd agree that it's great if we get a steady referral of clients to our door, but often that cannot, that's not the case. And if we're not continuing to market ourselves and put ourselves out there as far as visibility and branding, and I know that that's an area that you specialize in, we may find ourselves struggling to get new clients. And of course, being seen as a specialist and getting paid what we are worth. Is that something that you see often another issue? Yes, that's absolutely right. 
Anne-Marie, you've hit the nail right on the head. I think that what happens is, is that we almost uh, rely on a kind of magical thinking that suddenly uh, clients will just find out about us and come to us because we're so good. And in fact, it's really our responsibility to get the word out, to let people know how we can help them, what we have to offer, why we are so specially qualified and suitable for their needs. And we're really depriving a good part of the population of the opportunity to work with us if we don't put ourselves out there. Mm. I know, you know, a lot of lawyers kind of hold back and feel that they don't want to be pushy, that they don't like marketing because they think of it as selling. And yes, of course, you're explaining to people what kinds of services you provide, how they can take advantage of those and improve their situation. And all of that, of course, is true. That's the kind of results that we deliver is problem resolution. We take a person in a difficult situation or a person who has a goal that they want to reach and we help them to reach that goal or resolve that problem. But if they don't know about us and they don't know what we're particularly capable of doing for them, they're not going to be able to take advantage of our services. That your ideal client then, of course, from a lawyer perspective, may remain stuck with whatever issue that they're struggling with with if, as a lawyer, we don't show to them that, hey, I have a solution, work with me, and I can support you in overcoming that. So by not sharing the message, we're in effect not allowing our client to overcome the problem. So that's such an important thing to be aware of for all ambitious entrepreneurs. Now, let's just back up a moment. You were talking about something that I'd love to spend a bit more time on because I know this is so very important. And this is around niching. Now, I know many of us know what the word niching is, but I'd love for you just to explain what your interpretation of that word is and how beneficial it is niching around when we're thinking about lawyering and building a successful practice. Right. Well, I believe that developing your niche or identifying and building your niche is really critical. And it's very closely related to your brand, which is the experience that you offer to your clientele, the promise that you extend to those who are going to work with you. And when you're building your niche, you're looking at a particular type of person, a person who is going to resonate with your brand, who needs what your brand has to offer, who is going to grow and become enriched from working with you, and who is going to truly value what you can give to that particular niche. Mm -hmm. And the niche itself, you know, can be actually what I find is, is that people get very nervous when I start to talk about niche. (laughs) And And people fear that like, oh, if I have to select just one type of client, aren't I cutting myself off? And of course, the answer is no, because you can always expand your niche and you can always change your niche completely. But when we're talking about niching and niche building, what we're talking about is being clear in your own mind of the ideal client for you, the person that you can really help a problem solve, and the person who really is going to be in need of your services and respond to your 
outreach when you inform them of your services. Mm -hmm. So I think each of us has a very uniquely defined and definable niche. And for me, for example, my niche in relationship to lawyers is a very narrow group right now, which is immigration lawyers who not only are immigration lawyers, but who are looking for empowerment so that they can perform with excellence and fulfill their entrepreneurship goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I absolutely agree. Whenever I mention the word niching, people look at me with horror on their faces because it's like, aren't I just limiting the amount of clients that I can attract and work with? And, of course, um, that impacts the amount of income that is generated as well. But often it's the opposite because you can really start to build a reputation as a specialist in that field and anybody that is known and seen as a a specialist you really can charge a higher fee and become well known in that industry is that what you found as well Absolutely. That's absolutely correct. Because here's what happens when you actually construct a niche and stick with it, you're able to go deep. And you can go deep in a way that you're going to get terrific results for your client. Whereas if you leave it a little bit more superficial. Yes, you can reach a broader group of people, but there's not going to be such a remarkable result generated. So what happens, I find that even if you defined one particular niche for yourself, once you gain a reputation in that area, and once you can increase charging the amount that you're charging, as your value goes up, you will attract other people to you, even who are outside the niche. What they're coming to and what they're attracted to is the fact that they see you as the outstanding empowerment source for these very, very successful lawyers. And they want it. They want it. And what they're not thinking about, oh, but that person was an immigration lawyer and I'm a family or matrimonial lawyer. What they're seeing is, wow, that coach or that business mentor really helped that person expand and escalate their business. I want some of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this particular topic and I know that uh, you're going to spend a bit more time in that topic as well as others because, of course, you're going to be joining me in the Ask the Expert series. So if you're listening today and you're loving what Laurie is saying, and of course, who wouldn't? Because it's so important if you want to build a successful lawyering practice, then uh, keep your ears open because uh, I'm going to be spending some time with Laurie and really getting her to share even more wisdom on a deeper level around niching and of course the other topics. So let's move forward then and talk about branding because you said that niching very much aligned with branding and you also spoke about how your brand was the experience that a potential client or even an existing client can expect to receive from you. It's your promise of value. Why is it so important for lawyers to spend some time and looking and defining their signature brand. 
Oh, I think it's very important because I think that, first of all, branding has a fantastic effect on how you present yourself to the world. But at the same time, it has a fantastic triggering effect on self-growth. I have found in working with people on branding that the exercises that we can do and the just the contemplation when we're thinking about and brainstorming about our brands is really is motivating, exciting, and can really help us to get right in that sweet spot so that whatever we're doing, whether we're attracting new clients, whether we're uh, charging new prices, new fees for our services, or even if we're expanding into like a new venture, branding is so critical. And what I really want to underscore here, Anne-Marie, is that for people who are thinking, well, I'm not setting up my own business, you know, and picturing when we talk about branding a little cupcake shop that you have to have a cute name for. No, that's not true at all. As a matter of fact, your brand has a brand promise. It's like like your integrity. What do you stand for? What is it that carries through every day? What's the level to which you're inspired to perform? And what do you inspire in others? All of those questions can be answered by looking at a well-developed brand. And it's so attractive, I think, when you meet somebody who has a very well-coordinated brand and you know that that person has done some inner work and a lot of outer work and knows what she stands for, knows what she can offer to somebody else, is going to be a very exciting and reliable and insightful person to work with. Yes. I just suggest that your listeners spend a day or a afternoon, a couple days a week, and just take a look at people you run into and see if you can identify their brand. You know, figure out which people are representing their brand in a very effective way and which people might be kind of not sure what their brand is and hiding it. Maybe they don't fully accept it. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing. Once you're aware of it, it's like the label of who you are that you're wearing on the outside. Yeah, and I think what people don't realize, and I do have to say I love the way that you explained what that was because it's just so very important. And some people think, well, you know, I'm just who I am and I'm I'm not even going to worry about that. But what they don't realize is that every single one of us has a brand, has a personal brand, a signature brand. We may just not know what it is. And it really is your reputation. As you've said, it's your promise of value. Wouldn't you rather be portraying something that of real value, something that's authentic, something that's unique, and something that's really going to distinguish you out in the marketplace? Is why you the person that you know should be hired and that the client should hire rather than say other people that are out you know in the marketplace as well and from what you're saying when you understand and you've taken the time to define your signature brand and how unique you are that can help you in your visibility strategies and makes it so much easier can't it because how often do we think well what am I going to say how am I going to say it and all these different things but once you know your brand this becomes so much more easy and more effective 
Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think the thing about branding that is so neat is that it involves a lot of self-discovery. Like you said, there are some people who may not have given it a lot of thought or they just aren't sure what their brand is. And there are real exciting ways that I've been through that I like sharing with other people to help people identify their brand and realize, kind of step into that brand that really represents them. And I believe actually that whether you're in a career, or even if you're in school, no matter what your environment, identifying your brand is just crucial because it's going to make you so much more effective in anything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally agree. So you'll definitely want to put a must listen to the future show that uh, Laurie is going to be doing on the Ask the Expert series when she speaks a lot more in depth about uh, branding because that's so, so very important. So let's move on to now speak about Laurie systems and processes because I know they're so important important to implement key systems and processes so that we can be effective and profitable in our practices. Absolutely. And again, I agree with you. And I think that the secret of systems is they may seem kind of formidable when you think you don't have them. But as soon as you get them established and get them running, generally, you take a deep sigh of relief because it means that you have a very harmonious understanding with what your business is about. And you figured out a way that you are not like, reinventing the wheel with every client that you understand, you have sort of an overview of what it takes to run your business and to grow your business. And you can put in place different procedures, whether it's developing team to work with you, whether it's moving from serving individual clients to serving groups of clients, whatever it is that you decide you're going to implement, having a way to systematize ties that so it's not just on the fly is really critical and I think you'll find it so satisfying because it really allows you to be more creative it doesn't take away the fact that you have systems doesn't take away a bit of creativity it actually frees up your time so that you can really really be the creative you know innovative person that you think you are yes yeah you know as you I have to share something with you and because I totally agree with what you're saying about being more effective and a sigh of relief. Now, I love systems, I have to say. Systems allow me to feel freer, but there's one thing that I often will struggle with, and that is when I save a document on my computer system. So whilst, you know, some of the systems that I have in place are great and working really well, the things that were happening on my computer system, yeah, 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 you would not want it to work, you know, (laughs) see it. So what that was causing for me was spending a lot of time looking for a document, such as what did I call it? Did I file it in this folder or is it in this (laughs) folder? And the time that it took me to find something, if I added it all up, I would have been wasting hours. Now, I'm sure for lawyers, you have a lot of documents. Now, can you imagine if you had to find everything and, you know, so... Fast forward, thank goodness I've spent some time in putting some systems together. So now it's all nicely in a, you know, electronic folder and I don't have to go searching. There's still, you know, a ways to go, but I'm putting the steps forward to ensure that that's all effective. So what you're saying then too is that these systems, as well as a lot of others, are so integral because our time 
you know, is money, isn't it? I mean, the time that we're spending and searching for things and not having things in place really is costing us a lot more than we realise. Yes, indeed. Absolutely, that's true. And, you know, I think that lawyers do have systems, but I think the problem with some of the systems that lawyers implement are they rely a lot on the use of pre-created programs, which is fine, but they have challenges about their ability to actually keep up and review everything that needs to be reviewed. And what the problem for lawyers is, is that we often have to do the same thing in a very tedious way over and over again with each client. And so a creative use of thinking or ideas about running a better business for lawyers might include either more training for some of their legal assistants staff that allows them to be a little more independent, possibly, or ways that uh, figuring out ways that the business leader or owner can actually free up her energy to develop new services, to train others, to attract more business, Mm. and, you know, Putting a lawyer who's the head of their office in a supervisory situation where all they can do is sort of, you know, check a document to make sure that their staff did it correctly is really not a very satisfying way to go. Mm -hmm. And I usually suggest that it's probably more effective and efficient and satisfying to find somebody on your staff that you can elevate, even though, yes, the buck stops with you. Nevertheless, you can train somebody to use your approach and to work on your level of integrity and care. And once you have somebody in place like that, they can take a lot of the stress and management from you so that you can do the things that really only the business owner can do. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think it's so important. And often we are so close to our business that we don't see opportunities to automate, to retrain, to elevate other team members to step in so that we can free up our time and work on things that we really need to be spending our our time and energy on. So I can't wait to uh, hear more about that in an upcoming show in the Ask the Expert series as well. So let's talk about something else which I know that you're very passionate about and so very important for all ambitious entrepreneurs and especially for lawyers and their practices, money mindset. (laughs) And getting paid what you are worth. Let's talk a bit more about that. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, you know, I think that we have to start from the premise and we all have to accept the fact that we all have our own money issues and we all have our own relationship with money. And for the most part, we've been carrying around the elements of that relationship and the particular ways that we respond to money issues for most of our lives. And unless we spend a little time taking a look at those issues and our reactions when money comes up, and it can come up in so many ways. I mean, it comes up in charging what you're worth. It comes up in charging adequately for the value that you are exchanging 
changing with your clients for the services that you're delivering. And it comes up in how you feel about that. Can you ask for what your value demands? Mm. I find so many lawyers who can ask perhaps for the fee that they feel is appropriate, but then they feel guilty about it. Or their client says they're unable to pay it, and so they lower it without further exploration. And there are so many ways that these issues from our own family background and our own business experiences in the past will pop up and really ruin our being able to charge for the value that we are putting out there in the world. And I just want to say that it is something that requires and deserves a lot more discussion. And there are some great ways to identify the kinds of money legacy that we're carrying around with us from our family to tweak that a bit and perhaps say goodbye to some aspects of it and maybe step into a new identity with money. Those are all worthwhile things to do because it's so automatic for most people. Anne-Marie, it's almost knee-jerk. You know, we either we don't ask for what we're worth in the first place, or we ask and then we quickly backtrack, or we feel resentful when somebody expects us to do something without compensation. All of those responses are ways in which we let money and our money mindset take over. When, in fact, we should be in charge. Yeah. And, you know, as I mean, as you're speaking, and I I can recall some situations where in my conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs, they really dreaded anything to do with a discussion of money. In fact, one of my listeners once emailed me and said, you know, I'll try and do anything and everything to avoid that. But at the end of the day, it's very important that we can speak about that confidently because even if we are attracting new clients, if we feel that we are undervaluing ourselves, we're undermining ourselves and we're undercharging, that is not the place where you want to be, is it? And it's certainly not going to support us in in building a successful practice. That's right. And so often it can really undermine our confidence in other respects. And it really is, you know, one of the highest recommendations that I can make is to learn how to stand in your power with money. And one of the ways to do that, it seems simple, but it is, as you say, so difficult for so many people. And that is simply to, when you get to the point in the consultation or the interview and the client asks, and how much do you charge or comes time to talk about the money, you need to be able to very clearly very confidently and not with any, you know, not with a real charge about it and not in an aggressive way, but just very firmly and proudly say, these services, the investment you're going to be making will be looking for X, Y, and Z as the goals. And this is the amount. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, the tip that I could just give to everyone would be, you know, think about this, taking this small step. And that is, if you get anything back from your potential clients, such as, oh, that's more expensive than I thought it was going to be, you know, don't back off immediately. Think about some alternatives. You can 
give the person an opportunity to pay in payments. You can give the person an opportunity to make a certain deposit and then make payments. You can set up a timetable depending on the work you're doing. Now, for lawyers, I do have to say that we all need to check with our local bar associations because most of them have ethics committees or personnel and we are required to make sure that we very clearly state to clients whether a fee that we may be charging is going to be payable on receipt of the services in advance of the services or during the course of the services. Mm-hmm. And we have to have a very good fee agreement and written contract. That's something I do want to go into in one of our later programs because that can save you a lot of headaches. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, even though we've mentioned this as the fourth tip, which is around money mindset, I think that this particular topic is so important. Even the fact that you might have the systems in place, you could have a very strong, significant brand, you could have spent time niching. But if your money mindset isn't supporting you and you still struggle in this area, even with everything else in place, it can still be difficult to build a successful practice. Would you agree? I do agree. And I also think it can really take the joy out of doing what you love to do. Because, you know, there's that awful moment where you have to talk about the money. And so instead of allowing it to be that awful moment, you know, let's get at what is it that is making you so uncomfortable? And what can we do to clarify that? It's very possible to overcome some of these entrenched reactions that we have and figure out very quickly that, oh, that isn't serving me at all anymore. So let's move on and incorporate something else. And I've seen so many people change dramatically working on money mindset. I feel it is such an essential component of a brilliant business. Yeah, I love it. And I cannot wait to hear you speak about this uh, further in one of the series of the Ask the Expert podcast. Now, I know many of us who are listening today have found it so beneficial and uh, they probably want to reach out and connect with you. So for people who are listening today and would really love to learn more about you and find out more about the services that you provide, how can they do that? Okay. Well, I invite you to, number one, visit my website, which is at www.ideaswithlaurie.com, and that's spelled I-D-E-A-S-W-I-T-H-L-O-R-Y.com. Take a look at my website, and more importantly, Send me an email. Get in touch with me. You can send me an email at Lori Rosenberg, L-O-R-Y-R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G at gmail.com or you can email me at Lori, L-O-R-Y, at ideaswithlaurie.com and that's spelled the same way as my website. And I would love to 
talk with you. If you feel that you'd like to look into any of these aspects of loving your work and becoming empowered to do excellent entrepreneurship, that's really what I'm wanting to help you achieve and looking forward to working with anybody. And as Anne-Marie said earlier, you don't have to be a lawyer or an immigration lawyer, although I do really believe that lawyers are certainly prime candidates to work with me because I've happily discovered a way to be both an entrepreneur and an innovator as well as a lawyer. And I'd love to mentor you or coach you, work with you and help you build your business. Wonderful. Look, it's been an absolute thrill to have you on the show. You've certainly shared so much wisdom that uh, we can take with us and implement in our business so we can take our business to the next level. Now, for those of you who are listening today and you have already subscribed to the iTunes channel, you need to go back to the show blurb and uh, it's actually show number 92, but do a search and you'll see with Laurie Rosenberg as part of the title. Now, scroll down on the show blurb because in the show blurb, under the the further resources section there's a couple of things that I'm going to put there which you'll need to click through obviously Laurie's contact details and how you can connect with her but also uh, a link once it's recorded and of course uploaded and published a link to the series that we're talking about so even if you're listening to this recording a little bit later down some months then you'll need to go to the show blurb and subscribe to the Ask the Expert podcast series so that you can can tap into for the wisdom and knowledge that Laurie will be sharing in her upcoming series. Once again, thank you for coming on the show and I look forward to uh, spending a bit more time with you in the RC Expert podcast series, Laurie. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customised sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.